I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. Remember, we were shipwrecked together. Welcome to this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott. My co-host Jim DeRigatis and I have crammed our brains full of so much music, there's no telling what will bubble up in any given day. When one of us has a song in our head we cannot live without... We added to our Desert Island jukebox songs we would want with us if we got stuck on a desert island. Jim, today you've got a song to add. Can you give us a little hint of what you've got in store for us? I'm going to play for you, Greg, an artist I discovered three days ago and who has shot to the top of my list of the most bizarre and fascinating careers in the history of popular music. Wow, that's intriguing. We're going to hear about that in a minute on Sound Opinions. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. Jim, what song are you adding to the Desert Island Jukebox today? Greg, you better settle in, because this is going to be a long story. All right? This, but it's a, it's, a, it's a great story. So, you know, I'm rehearsing with my band on Saturday, and uh, Tony says, have you ever heard of this album, Plantasia? Tony Vortis, uh, the guitarist. And I said, no. And so he his mind was blown, because this weird Moog res- record was introduced to him by uh, a student in high school, one of his high school students. And then he comes home, and he's raving about this record. Uh, and his son, who's also a high school student, in a different school says, yeah, of course. <laughs> right? And we're trying to figure out how these 15-year-olds know hmm. about this super obscure Moog record from the 70s, right? Hmm. So I went down the rabbit hole, and I only surfaced just before you arrived for this taping, okay? I'm going to tell you the story of Morton Garson. You've right. never heard of okay. him, have you? No, I have not. Now, as you know, I am a sucker for those early 70s pioneering Moog synthesizer records on episode 776, not that long ago. Had a fantastic chat with Amanda Sewell, the biographer for Wendy Carlos. That gave me a chance to revisit all the Wendy Carlos records made on those Moogs, okay? Wendy's story, as unique as it is, is nothing compared to Morton's, right? Mm. So this guy, Morton Garson, is uh, the child of Russian-Jewish refugees who winds up uh, growing up in uh, St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, right? Somehow he, he, he makes his way uh, in the late 50s uh, to Los Angeles, and he becomes a composer, uh, session arranger, orchestrator for anybody, like for hire, right? He works on, uh, he co-writes hits for Brenda Lee and Mm. Cliff Richards. He orchestrates albums for Doris Day, Mel Torme, uh, does some work with Paul Revere and the Raiders, um, Leslie Uggams, right? Uh, Bill Withers, your Mm. guy, Bill Withers, right? And he arranges the Sandpipers' uh, 1966 hit, hit, Guantanamera, <laughs> right? This resume, the resume goes on. He also did the strings for By the Time I Get to Phoenix by mm, wow. Glenn Campbell, right? Cool. 
So this guy is a player, right? And he also does a bunch of uh, movie scores, uh, one of the sequels to The Blob. Okay. Mm -hmm. At some point, 1967, he's at a music engineer's convention, and he meets this guy, Robert Moog. And uh, the Moog is is still, you know, wall size, like several refrigerators uh, <laughs> big, you know, and Wendy Carlos is just beginning uh, to make her music one note at a time, you know, all those oscillators being tuned. And he decides, oh, this, this might be fun to play around with this thing. Over the next decade, he puts out a series of, um, of really obscure records. I think, uh, you know, he gets a record deal from A&M, which is in its infancy at that time, and they figure they see the success that Switched on Bach had for Wendy Carlos. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants Moog now, right? And so, uh, you know, Garson begins putting out these conceptual hippy-dippy uh, Moog records. One thing he does is, is a cover of uh, the music from uh, the musical Hair, <laughs> right on Moog, right? He also has a 12 album deal with A&M to put out one album of instrumental synthesizer music for every sign of the Zodiac. Right <laughs> now, the album that Tony's—are you following me still? Right? Yeah, okay. The album that Tony's kids, uh, his own son and his high school student, discover is called Mother Earth's Plantasia, and this was kind of a hit in 1976. Mother Earth's Plantasia. Look it up on the YouTube's kids. Mm -hmm. um, the cover is so cheesy. It's this <laughs> smiling, happy plant. The record is subtitled. Warm earth music for plants and the people who love them, right? <laughs> and so this is just like like an album uh, that you're supposed to play for your plants so they grow, right? <laughs> and and Tony and I were trying to figure out, now how the heck do 15-year-old kids come to dig this music now? Because uh, that record came out in 76 at the tail end of Garson's synthesizer career. Uh, apparently, it was featured in the uh, soundtrack to the documentary Lil Bub and Friends mm. about that cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, Right, that yeah. internet cat. That uh -huh. everybody, like, my wife's a fan of the internet cat, yeah. right? The wise-ass internet cat. Okay, I'm not going to play anything from that. I, I forgot to mention, some of his synth music, Garson's, also was playing on the television broadcasts of uh, the Apollo moon landing. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, this guy was <laughs> everywhere, right? This guy was ubiquitous. So among the 70s albums before his big hit with Mother Earth's Plantasia, mm. there is a recording, and I, I'm going down the list, right? I have no interest in the, uh, I have no interest in the Hair album. I have no interest in the uh, uh, Zodiac albums. There's an album for sensuous lovers. I, I might play that at some point. Uh, but uh, <laughs> there is a record called Black Mass Lucifer. Oh and I said, all right, I got it. It sounds like a Jim D. Regatta's right, record. So 1971, Garson puts out this record. It, it's, you know, The Exorcist is big and Rosemary's Baby. So this guy is clearly a bit of a charlatan cash-in artist, right? You know, Moogs, Wendy Carlos, I'm going to make synthesizer record yeah. of devil music, right? And, uh, you know, I mean, how do you do that? Well, you, you just, you, you, you. It's all minor chords, right? And and weird noises and white noise and twittering scales and synthesized bells, <laughs> right? And um, uh, so, you know, dig some of the titles on this record, right? Incubus, 
Black Mass, The Evil Eye, Voices of the Dead, The Medium, <laughs> right? And so I instantly fell in love with this record. I've been playing it nonstop. I'm going to play the opening track of Morton Garson's 1971 masterpiece, uh, Black Mass Lucifer. This song is called Solomon's Ring. Okay. Solomon's Ring from Black Mass. I think, uh, actually, Morton Garson was pretending to be Lucifer. He created an alternate character <laughs> to make... No, this is this is true. He I'm, created an alternate character. I'm put it beyond him. Now, you know, besides giving Little Bub some music, uh, you know, DJ Shadow has sampled this guy. Yeah. How could we have never have heard of this guy? Now we right? have. There is a Morton Garson revival, and his music's been put out on vinyl, reissued. Uh, it's and, and it's all like... Uh, you know, streaming now mm-hmm. and on YouTube. I'm ready for the Morton Garson <laughs> revival. I want a T-shirt now. Is this guy even alive? No, sadly, he died uh, at home in San Francisco at 83 years old in 2008. Because, boy, would, would, that would have made a book. God, if he could life. only have hung on for about 12 more years, he could have seen the revival of his music. Well, I'd, how do you <laughs> score by the time I get to Phoenix and make Black Mass Lucifer? All in the span of a couple of years, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Well, that's it for this bonus episode. For more full episodes, visit soundopinions.org. To sponsor the show, email sponsor at soundopinions.org or uh, support us via Patreon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>